Today, by the grace of God, is the last Sunday in the first half of 2022. Today is the last Sunday in the first half of 2022. By the time we gather here, next week's Sunday will be in the first half or the first Sunday of the beginning of the end of the year. Next Sunday will be the first half of or the first Sunday in the second half of the year 2022. And I want to discuss with you this morning something that is going to be very useful, especially as we enter into the second half of the year. Is there anybody in, a, in, in this auditorium here that um, you've never had problems before? You've never had any challenge? No situation, no... Just signify by raising your hand so that we can... Uh, we can reverence your presence. If possible, we can worship <laughs> at your feet. You have not had any problem. Nothing, no battle, no challenge. Not everything has just been working as you want it, and God is good all the time. Anybody? No. Let's find out why. Job chapter 14 and verse 1. Job chapter 14 and verse 1. Does anybody like that, please just let me know so that we can bless the name of the Lord for the opportunity to have you in our service this morning. Job chapter 14 and verse 1. It says, man that is born of a woman is of few days and what? Full of trouble. Few days. Some other translations will say, man has a short life, but many troubles. Man that is born of a woman is of few days but full of troubles. Every man or woman is facing one challenge or the other. Regardless of your status, regardless of your class or your qualification, or even your anointing, every man or woman has a particular problem. You know? Everybody is challenged, is going through something. So this morning, I want to talk to you on what I have titled, Handling the Battles of Life. If you like, you call it Handling the Challenges of Life, Handling the Problems of Life. Anyone that is comfortable for you. Handling the Battles of Life. Because man that is born of a woman has a short span in his life, but plenty problems. Plenty battles, plenty challenges. Now listen to me. The ability to convert battles or problems as stepping stones to the next level is the difference between the champion and the other person. Your ability to be able to, you know, a situation arises and you are able to manage it or handle it in such a way that it becomes a stepping stone and victory is there, that's how champions are born or how champions are made. Sometimes when I tell some people that I'm going through this, they'll be looking at me like this. Say, ah, pastor. They say, yes. Because the battle of life does not have any respect for anointing. Doesn't have any respect for, for your title. Say you are most reverend or senior apostle. Mm -mm. The battles of life are the battles of life. 
I know the story of a, a, a man of God in this country. He will go to crusade and pray for people. Deaf ears will be opened. Blind eyes will be opened. Crippled. The lame will begin to walk. But he had a crippled son at home. And he was praying. But nothing was happening. It's the battles of life. So the battle of life is not interested in what you are called. Or what school you have attended. Or what status or degree that you possess. No. The battle of life is part of life. So quickly, let me give you some, um, some statements about the battles of life. Number one, problems are universal. They are universal. Everybody faces one problem or the other. Everybody faces one battle or the other. Problems are universal. They're not interested in your tribe, in your race, in your status. I've said that before. Number two, being a child of God does not exempt you from the battles of life. Jesus said it, John chapter 14. He says, in this world, you will face what? Tribulation. He says, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. So, being a child of God does not exempt you from the battles of life. It doesn't. Somebody say, oh, when you give your life to Christ, everything will be fine. It's a lie. They lie to you. Yes, if that's what they told you when you are giving your life to Christ, go and look for that person. Tell the person, ah, oh God, you lied to me. It doesn't exempt you from the battles of life. Number three, the battles of life have capacity to promote you or to demote you. The battles of life, has, it depends on how you handle it. Like I always say in this place, the problem is not the problem. Your reaction to the problem, that's the real problem. I read the story of a man. On the day of his wedding, he was at the altar. They waited and waited. The wife did not show up. After a while, the pastor said, hey, hello, sir. <laughs> we want to lock our church. The wife jilted him at the altar. The man went home. He cried and cried and cried and cried. After crying, he picked up his pen and he wrote a song about it. Some years later, he sold... The, the lyrics of the song that he wrote about his wife leaving him at the altar. He sold it for millions of dollars. But also, the story of another man, this one is his girlfriend that left him. He committed suicide. The problem is not the problem. Your reaction to the problem is the real problem. So the battles of life, they have capacity to promote he also has capacity to demote. Number four, battles or challenges are the pathway to success and promotion. If you are going to succeed in anything, you must go through those challenges. You must go through those battles. Imagine all the things that Joseph went through. In the end, it worked out in his favor. That's why I'm praying for somebody today. That all those challenges that you are facing, the battles that are bombarding you from left, right, and center, today they shall be converted for your victory. Your amen is too small, church. 
Number five, battles are designed for you to grow. Battles are designed for you to grow, for you to become better. Number six, battles, the bigger the battle, the bigger your destiny. The bigger the battle, the bigger your destiny. If you are facing heavy battle, it gives you an indication that your destiny is also heavy. But if you are facing all those, uh, the bigger your battle, the bigger your destiny. And finally, for every problem, for every battle, there is a solution. Every challenge you face, there is a solution. We will talk about it now. We'll talk about it now. Every battle, the people that designed the pencil, are they not the same people that have designed the eraser? Are they not the same people? Yeah, because they know that at a point, you need to erase what has been written. For every battle, even those people that sell antivirus, they are the ones that create the virus. How are they going to sell antivirus to you when there's no virus? They will create the virus, they will not uh, 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 publicize the antivirus. Uh, who creates, who? Somebody will just wake up and create antivirus. No, they have to set in the virus. Then they will now create the cure to the virus. That's how it works. So for every battle, every problem, every challenge, it has an expiry date attached to it. Everything you go through has a solution. There's a solution to everything that you face. Even God said it. Genesis chapter 8 verse 22. He says, as long as the earth remained seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, night and day shall not cease. So you cannot be in cold forever. After the cold, heat will come. You cannot be in winter forever. After winter, summer will come. It's like that. Everybody has different seasons, different battles. And for each of those battles or challenges, there is a solution. So let's go into what we have to discuss this morning. How do we handle the challenges of life? Number one, and I'm going to pay quite some attention on this part because it's really important. Number one is your mindset. Proverbs chapter 23 and verse 7, the Bible says, As he or she thinketh, so they are. As you think in your heart, that's exactly who you are. So the first thing you must understand about handling the battles of life is the state of your mind, what we refer to as mindset. Nobody, man or woman, can grow above their mindset. You can't rise above the state of your mind. You can't. So the first thing that needs to be looked at or the first thing that needs to be checked is your mindset. Because in this, especially in this part of our world, in our part of the world, some people have some very dangerous mindset. And those kind of mindset are detrimental to the advancement. So you find out that people put themselves into more trouble because of their mindset. 
The other day, somebody was telling me a story. A community did not, has not had light for four, not, not community, an area had not had light for maybe two or three streets. They've not had light for like four months. They were contributing money to buy transformer. I know how those things are now. People be contributing as they like. So one day, one man came to the place. He just saw that they did not had life for four months. The man now bought a transformer and sent to them. He doesn't live there. When they came to install the transformer, the youth in the area, they said that they must settle them before they install the transformer. Ah. So they now say, okay, no problem. They called the man. The man said, ah, you cannot settle them. You have bought transformer. They said, no, that you cannot just come and show that you are a big man. You have to. The man said, please, bring my transformer back. Finish. Who is going to remain in darkness? Mindset. And that's what's happening in this country. Somebody will come and give you some few change and you will sell four years of your destiny. That's how it works. Mindset. And in your mind, you will say, ah, let me collect the one I can see now. That's a mindset. It's destructive. Hmm. I was watching on, on, on TV the other day. They were showing some youth. I think it was a kitty or so that did them. Um, was it a kitty or shun? a kitty? And people were showing that. Ah, motibo. It's mindset. It's destructive. In this part of the world, it, it's, it's the kind. That's why we go. That's why people get into more trouble. Because of the state of their mind. It's very, very dangerous. There are some people, their mindset is such that once they see two people talking, they believe that they are talking about them. Who are you? Eh? They just believe that everything is against them. Once people just talk and, and they just laugh. <laughs> In their mind, they are talking about you. You must be very important, though. It's, it's, it's a mindset. And it's dangerous. Yeah. It's dangerous. There are some people, those of you that know some of the things that happen in these our areas with the oil companies. Oil companies come here, they want to build facilities, hospitals, schools. The others will say, no. How much is the facilities? They say, share the money. They want to share it among all the families. Mindset. After eating the money, no school, no facility. Then tomorrow you now come and be crying to the oil company that they are polluting, polluting what? <laughs> they are paid for you, for them to pollute it. It's mindset. Those are the things that limit a lot of people. Somebody gets into a little problem. Hey, I'm finished. My enemies are after me. You know, some of our parents, those days, those days, well, many of us will not understand. Some of, some of you, when you go home, ask your parents. Some of them, they were fortified. They took them somewhere so that they can put some incision on their body. You say, you know that, ah, people don't like us, so we have to, take, we have to protect you. It's mindset. Some of the brothers are doing fine boy now. They have mindset, too, that women are supposed to be seen and not heard. I told you the story of that brother that the Geo told us. The brother was about to get married. So two weeks to the marriage, somebody visited him. I said, ah, why are your clothes plenty? I said, ah, sister is coming. Sister is coming. She come and be washing. It's ask girl that you want to marry. Yeah, it's not wife. 
That's the truth. It's that kind of mindset. And it has destroyed a lot of things. Let me tell you a personal experience. While I was in the university, there's this lecturer. If you're having a lecture and he sends you out of the class, that's the end. You can't pass that course, that session. You will come back. So before you start, the, the, people, the people that are one level above you, that have warned you about him, when you two pass the class, you will warn the next set about him. So this time, they have already given us 10 warning. The man had sent out somebody in the class at the beginning of the session, at the beginning of the um, semester. So in the, in, in the middle of the semester, one day, I don't know, one lady was talking and he said, hey, you. And once he sends you out, he said, uh, what, what's that called? What they call that thing? Class rep, course rep. God bless you. Class rep, matric number. Once they give him your matric number, ah, it's over. It's over. So they asked the class rep, I mean the course rep, for her matric number. He collected it, and the girl left. So after the lecture, I saw the girl in the department. I was now trying to counsel her. That, okay, let's go and meet this professor. The professor knows. I heard that this person is in-law to this one. We will now beg this one to help us and tell this one to beg in-law. The girl said, no need for that, Joe. When I was in, when I was in university, he used to call me choir master. I said, choir master, no need for that. I said, why? She said, don't worry. She now made a statement. She now said, is he not a man? I will handle him. So me now, I am choir master. I don't know how they always handle men. So I just let it go. And then the service, con um, sorry, I said service. The, the next um, lecture, you know, is usually two hours a, a week. Two, those two unit courses. So some of you don't know that those things, that they are two hours a week. If it's two units, it's two hours a week. If it's one unit, it's one hour a week. So the next week, we went to the class. One afternoon, the lecturer was there. Everybody was writing. Me, my, I was paying attention. The man forgot something in his office. And the normal thing is that he will send the class rep to go to the office. All of a sudden, he called the girl's name. And the girl stood up in that class the next week. And the man began to say, hey, you know where my key is, you know? You see how some of you are looking at me like this? That's how I was looking throughout that class. And I was wondering, what's the meaning of this? This man, the Alpha and Omega, once he sends you out, it's okay. Then, that thing she said, is he not a man? It began to ring in my head. Listen to me, I was in 300 level at that point. I became afraid to marry. Yeah. That thing created a stronghold in my mind. So every time I look at a sister that time, I say, ah, this one, this one, I don't know who she has handled before. <laughs> yeah. Listen to me. 
it was a struggle for me. For almost three years, I struggled with that thing. Those days, some of my friends would say, ah, you don't always talk to women. You will not know what is in my mind. That is what I want to talk to now. That's how I do some people. So, but it took the grace of God. And when it comes to the issues of mindset, you have to be intentional about it. That's what, the, that's what Paul was saying. Pulling down strongholds. Paul referred to those kind of things, mindset, as strongholds. He says, bringing into captivity every thought that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. It's a powerful thing, though. Some people don't understand. You will see one lady, she'll be writing, men has come, men has come. Is she married before? No. Has she had any bitter experience with any man before? No. But because all the aunties around her are saying men has come, men has come, she too has set up a stronghold that men are scum. And that, that's how it works. We just keep jumping into things that we know nothing about in the name of mindset. Because when I'm talking to you, don't talk. Where did you learn it from? Where did you learn it from? That when I'm talking to you, you don't talk. You are a woman, I am a man. Eh. It's not a woman that gave birth to you. Mindsets. Strongholds. The things that exalt. If you read that scripture from, from the beginning, Paul was talking about, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Oh. No, sorry. He was talking about the weapons of our warfare are not canal. He was talking, so the next thing you will expect is that he's talking about territorial powers. No. He's talking about strongholds, about thoughts, bringing into captivity thoughts. And he says, when your own obedience, meaning your will is complete. Those are the things that happen in our time. So men have the mindset that men don't cry. Where is it written in the Bible? That men are not supposed to cry. Even Jesus Christ, he did not cry, he wept. Yes, he's weeping, not stronger than cry. He wept, meaning, Kata was coming out of his nose. Yes. The cry is all those ones you see on TV. <laughs> they will not take handkerchief and be doing like this. When you are weeping, you always do it like this. That's how you clean your face when you are weeping. It's when you are crying, you are doing like this. No, that's not that. You just started. There are some mindsets that all it does is to keep us in places of bondage. So if you are going to overcome the battles of life, the first thing you must deal with is your mindset. The first thing you must take care of is your mindset. Quickly, how do you take care of that mindset? You submit it to the will of God. Submit it to the will of God. Some men don't cry because they grew up with the notion that a man should not cry. Even if you want to cry, you should not cry in public. Ah, 
Say, ah, ah, you cry. Ah, no, you fall my hand. You fall my hand. Which hand? The hand that lifted up the earth, or which one? So because of that, men will be, will be bottling up things inside of them. And it will allow them to be misbehaving. Any small thing, the man will just snap. Any small thing, he will just react. It is the things that have been bottled up. When you have, when you go through a period of loss, there are certain things that nothing is stopping you from crying. In fact, sometimes cry, cry is, is release. It's just like somebody now, somebody is pressed, he wants to go to the toilet, and there's no toilet around. You understand that situation? I'm, I'm sure many of us have been in that situation before. You will just stay in a very air-conditioned place and only you in the crowd will be sweating. So that's how some men are. They are under pressure. Like my friends will say, they are under prayer. They'll be there. Only them. They want to use the toilet. They cannot use the toilet. They will be sweating. And they will be extremely quiet. Now say, ah, guy, you know the talk. That's how it is. When you bottle things up, that's what happens. So when you see a man that is misbehaving, he's bottling up a lot. Yeah. When I lost my dad, one day, I sat down with my wife and I cried. When I finished crying, I stood up. Yeah. All those ones that they were doing, I was not feeling it anymore. I was not feeling the pain. It was after the barrier. That's when I felt it. You will take your time. Thank God for my wife. I put my head there. I cried. Yes. You, you, that's not, that's not, it's just all those nonsense belief systems that say, hey, no, 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 no. A man should not be allowed to cry. Why? You are showing emotion. Why can't you show emotion? The kind of mindset that allows you to come out of challenges is the mindset of these two shall pass. It's a kind of mindset of, of rejoice not over me, my enemies. For when I fall, I shall rise again. When I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. The kind of mindset that when the enemies came like a flaw, the Spirit of God raised the standard again. That is the mindset that overcomes the battles of life. Not the mindset, ah, why me? Why me? Why me? No. If it's not you, who will it be? Is it me? I told you, battles are designed to make you tough, to make you strong. There is no general without a battle. It is battles that make generals. Yeah. So when you go through the challenges, your mindset should be, all nations encompass me about, but in the name of the Lord, I will destroy them. That's the mindset that wins the battles of life. For you to change the mindset, you must submit it to the will of God. So if you are going to overcome the battles of life, the first thing you must check is your mindset. Let's go quickly, number two. The next thing that you need to work on if you are going to overcome the battles of life is your attitude, your attitude. You see, when you have that mindset, it reflects 
when you have a positive mindset, it reflects in your attitude. You'll be moving around, not with your head cast down, but with your shoulders raised up. I am the son of a king. The Bible says that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Everything that is in this world belongs to my father. The silver is mine, the gold is mine, saith the Lord. So when you pass through some battles, when you have that positive mindset, it will reflect in your attitude. Let me say this to you, people of God. Failure is not the opposite of success. Failure is part of success. Those things that they taught us that, ah, anybody, no. Failure is not the opposite of success. Failure is part of success. That's why the Bible says, the righteous falleth seven times. Then he now continued by saying that, but seven times he rises. So the falling is not the problem. The failure is not the problem. It's remaining on the floor that is the problem. Failure is not the opposite of success. I have failed before. The first YEC I wrote, I failed mathematics. Mm, I failed F9. I failed it. The first YEC I wrote, I failed mathematics. I rewrote it again. I had an A1. Now, I failed it the first time because I was not confident in myself. So confident in myself. But by the time I rewrote the work, I was confident. They put only me. I've, I've, I think I've told you this story before. They seized my result. They said I was a machinery. Because I wrote it to the extent that, you know that 13, 14, 15, that's for Ghana. I wrote it on the side. Because I had discovered that my problem was not that I was a Olodo. My problem was that I lacked confidence. So what I needed to work on was my confidence. That's why you must meet some nice people in this world. Because the person that helped me with this thing, that's why he told me, say, hey, young man, you know this thing, no? you're just afraid. And it was that kind of mindset I had from SS1. When they were they say, ah, our master teacher is Mr. This was, Immediately they told us who our mass teacher was and your, the way it is in my school those days, your mass teacher will be your mass teacher from SS1 till SS3. So 70% of what he was teaching us, I did not understand. Apart from the fact that he was my house master. You know, some students say this teacher is wicked. He's one of those people in that class. So the other teacher that tutored me when I failed it, he now began to explain to me that your problem is self-confidence. So to show them that I was full of confidence, I did all the exam. Then 13 to 15 for Ghana, I did it on the side. So they seized my result. They said I was a machinery. For them to release my result, they had to bring me to Waiek office in Yaba, put me in a room, maybe half the size of this hall. Only me. They gave me another question paper. And I did it. That's how my result was released. 
Failure is not the opposite of success. It's a pathway to success. So that you have failed does not mean that it is over. Failure, like they say, is a bend. It's not an end. So don't get yourself stuck up in the fact that, oh, this thing did not work out. You know those kind of things? That you, that's when you hear people say, you see, I told you now that this kind of business, people like me know they do them. If we do them, you know they work. It's an attitude of a defeated soul. The second point you need to handle the battles of life is to have the attitude of a champion. Those people that they say, this person has the attitude of gratitude. It's not that the people are not going through challenges. But despite what they are going through, they choose to have an attitude that is positive. Before you begin to even talk about prayer, if your attitude is bad, the prayer is going to be useless. Because it is as he thinketh in his heart. That's what he is. You cannot use the word of God to contravene the word of God. It's not possible. You must begin to make some positive confessions or affirmations, regardless of what it is. And I've taught you here about the power of repetition. When you begin to say something over and over again, it becomes a part of you. That's why the sisters, the sisters have a forum on WhatsApp and they always put in some affirmations for them there. Those positive things, I speak health and peace to my mind. As the Spirit of God in the beginning brooded over the earth, let the Spirit of God brood over this my challenge. Let it begin to give me creative ideas on how to solve them. That's a positive attitude. Those affirmations, they enter into your spirit. So if you are a sister here and you have not joined the sister's WhatsApp group, go and find out how they join it. They put it for them there so that you can say it and it becomes a part of you. It helps you to build a positive attitude. Number three, let's go there quickly. Number three. First Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13. Please put it up on the screen so that I can show you. Because most of the times we usually try to make some challenges look like they are big. Look at what the Bible says. It says, they had no temptation taking you, but such as is what? As is what? So number three, you commonize the problem. There is no temptation, no battle, no challenge, no problem that is coming upon you that is not common to man. That's what the Bible says. But what the devil tries to do, the devil tries to play some tricks to make you feel like, ah, oh, I'm the only one that's going through this thing. Ah, oh. oh, I wrote this exam first time, second time. It's a lie, you're not the only one. Sometimes when I cancel some, some couples, the woman will come, she will say, ah, pastor, I cannot believe if you see the thing that my husband said to me, ah, I cannot believe. Especially when they are newlyweds. You know, when they are doing courtship, it's all lovey-dovey. I love you, I love you. You are the only uh, sugar in my tea. You are the only 
all of those kind of things. So, and those things are good, but because of the emotions that are attached to them, it's not sustainable in marriage. It's not. So when you now move into the house, remember that now when I tell you I love you, I love you, I love you, it's still going to drop you and go back home. Now, it's not dropping you. You are going to the same place. So we now do something that you don't like. I say, Pastor, I cannot believe that my husband will do that kind of thing. Eh. Me, I can believe. <laughs> Why is a man and there is no problem that is not common to man? If you ask like 15 other men, 14 out of the 15, they are doing the same thing your husband is doing. They say, No, 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 sir, you don't know my husband. I know him. It's a man. There is no battle that is not common. Yeah. It has happened. See, that thing that you are going through, somebody has gone through it before. Somebody else is going through it. And some other time, some other person will still go through it. That's just the truth. There's no problem that is not common. You know that, that thing, I, saw, I, I, I see something on, uh, on social media. Somebody will come out and say, if you are going through a lot, eh, continue. Because me too, I'm just coming back from a lot. There's no problem that is not common to man. That a lot that you are passing through, me too have passed it. After you, the next person too, we pass it. So, but the devil just wants you to feel like the problem is specific for you. Na lie. I remember when we, had the, when we had to leave here. When I came here in 2014, we had to leave here because of the construction. You now constructed one kind of a man. I don't know how many of you were here that time. We now moved to that place. Ah, it was frustrating me. Every time rain, once rain falls, that's the end of the service. Some people will be putting buckets beside them. Say, please shift your legs out. Put buckets. In fact, when, and it was that period I was about to get married. I, the first time I brought my wife to Port Harcourt, before we got married, when I brought her to see the AGO. So on Sunday, she now came to church. While I was preaching, I was looking at where she was sitting. So this woman is looking at my church somehow. Yeah, because even me, it they pay me. You, it got to a point that I was now asking myself, that, is it that I'm not called? Because I made a suggestion to the AGO then, that, sir, why can't we go and rent somewhere? AGO said, no, go and stay there. So one day I was praying about it. Now, the prayer I was praying is that God should send somebody that would just come and say, no, I don't like where this church is. Let's go and pay for it. That's the prayer I was praying. Because I was not happy. In my mind, how can we be preaching and rain will be dropping on somebody's head? How will the person come back to that church next Sunday? The, the one day I almost fainted was rain fell. Then we now put all those in our buckets. Some of you that were there, you remember what I'm talking about? Are there people here that were there with us? Oh, thank God, though. We put buckets. I was seeing the bucket from, you know, when, when I preach, I can see a lot of things. Those ones that are pressing phone, are sleeping. I'm seeing everybody. So we put buckets. They now said, if you are worshiping with us for the first time, please stand up. One brother that was bucket, he now stood up. Hey! 
I said, God, what's all this? I was wondering, I was calculating with my mind, how will I go to a church? And then they put bucket. I'm not coming back. In fact, I even praise the brother for standing up. Me, I will not stand up because I'm not trying to come back. But God has helped us. Is it not us that are here now? Is it not us that want to build a church now? There is no problem that is not common to man. Because in the midst of all those my battles with that issue, God asked me to speak to somebody. I spoke to a senior pastor, a friend of mine, Pastor David. He has been here before. If I came to that, uh, that our place, bang, bang. Yeah, that's what one of my wife's friends used to tell her, those days, ah, that's your husband's church. Is it not bang, bang that they used to? <laughs> and he laughed. He told me that when he moved to the U.S. for three years, nobody entered his church. So for the first time, I realized that, oh, people are even coming to the church and complaining. This one has air conditioning and everything. Three years, nobody has come. There's no problem that is not common to man. It was from that day I began to relax. Okay, this thing is not, uh, it's not like my anointing is not there. It's just that, uh, that's, that's what it is. Listen to me. Sometimes it's good to speak to people. I mean people that, you know, the right people. They will just help you downplay. Yeah. God can use anybody to help you. I mean the right people now. So you don't go and talk to your enemy. If you tell your problem to problem expanders, they will help you to expand it because that's their MO. That's their office. So God can, you know, sometimes it's good. You say, ah, see, see eh, this thing, I've been, I've been jobless for, for almost two years now, and it's disturbing me. And the person can say, okay, now let's come together. Let's start a business. Let's see what we can do. But you, you are there. You are still wearing suit with starch in your shirt. And you are coming every Sunday. And you are, no, you can just, that's one of the reasons we announce pastors counseling. People that come for cancer are not only people that they are pursuing them in their dream. Sometimes you just want to talk to somebody. That, ah, I've been married for this long. This childlessness thing is affecting me. Or I'm of age. All my friends, even my juniors, they are married. It remains me and it's bothering me. We will talk. Or even people, they say that a problem shared is what is how solved. So you go home feeling better. Instead of you to bottle it up like that, my friend who wants to use the toilet. You bottle things up and you keep it and you are uptight. No. You have to commonize it. Everybody is going through something. That thing that you are going through, somebody has been through it. Somebody is currently going through it. And another person will still go through it after you are done. And that's the truth. There's no problem that is new in our world. Whatever you are seeing now has happened before. And it will happen again. The Bible says in Job, it says, it says, there is hope for a tree, even though it is cut down. It says, for at the smell of water, what will happen? 
it will sprout again. It will sprout again. So that thing you are going through, some other people have been through it. Let's go to the last one. See that 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Take it, give it to me again. That's where the last one is. It says, they had no temptation taking you, but such as is common to man. It says, but God is faithful, and he will not suffer you to be tempted above that which you are able. Meaning that even before the temptation comes, God has already given you ability to handle it. It says, but will, with the temptation, also make a way of escape that ye may be able to bear it, may be able to handle it. That's where our topic came from. Handling the battles of life or the temptations or the problems of life. It says you will be able to handle it. That is where your own job lies now. Handling it. And how do we handle some of these things? By prayer and fasting. That's the last point. By prayer and fasting. When you go through a challenge from that scripture, put it back, please. It says, there is always a way out, but will, with the temptation, also make a way to escape. There is always a way to escape. The problem is that our mindsets, our making the problem look so bogus, like we are the only ones that are going through it, the pressures and all the other things attached to the problem will not allow us to see the way of escape. That's where prayer comes in. That scripture that we read, Micah chapter 7 verse 8, it says, Rejoice not over me, O my enemies, for when I fall, I shall rise again. When I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. When you pray, you receive illumination. You receive revelation. You receive information. When you pray about challenges, God releases to you solutions. That's what happens. God releases ideas on how you can come out of it, how you can get out of it. God will always make a way of escape. We have, written it, we have read it in the Word of God. There will always be a way of escape. But it is the prayer that allows you to see those ways of escape. If you are not praying, it's possible that you will not be able to see it. One of the... One of the authorities or the leading voices in this world in the ministry of prayer and deliverance is our father in the Lord, Dr. D.K. Lukoya. I'm going to quote something that he always says about prayer, and that thing helped to change my understanding. He says, the more you pray, the more you discover. The more you discover, the more you recover. I'll say it again. He says, the more you pray, the more you discover. Meaning, prayer brings illumination. It brings revelation. And the more you discover, the more of the ability you have to recover. But when people don't pray, there's no discovery. You're not able to find out 
where the light is, where the escape route is. Why? Because you have not committed yourself to the place of prayer. Then you add fasting to it because Jesus Christ was explaining to his disciples. He says some of these ones that you are talking about, it cannot go except by fasting and prayer. There are some of those things you have to add fasting to. Some of the things that we stress ourselves about, if you just decide that, okay, I'm going to do a fast today, I'm going to commit this thing to God in prayer, you will find out that solutions will come out. Solutions will come out. But most of the time, we get so carried away, we are worrying that, hey, hey, my enemies are after me. Ah, about mindset, all those things that I've told us, are, hey, it clouds our ability to see the way of escape. God will always put that way of escape. But we find it in the place of prayer. When you pray, you discover the things you need to do next. When you pray, God tells you something about that situation. And most times when we pray, we don't wait. We just sit down there. Say, Father, I want to thank you for answering prayer. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Share the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Love of God. Sweet Lord Jesus Christ. We don't have Amen. Surely, we don't have mercy of the Lord. We don't have mercy of the Lord. We don't have mercy of the Lord. Amen. As if you are in a hurry. Not as if you are in a hurry. Sometimes when you pray, you just stay there. You just stay there. That's why the Bible says... Be not anxious for anything. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6. It says, be not anxious for anything, but with prayer and supplication, with what? Thanksgiving. Make your request known unto God. Verse 7. It now says, and the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. The reason the peace is not coming, the peace, when the prayer is supposed to bring light, it's supposed to show you the way of escape. But you have not prayed. That's why you are still worried. That's why you are anxious. That's why you are overwhelmed. And you allow the lies of the devil to be expanded in your mind. Ah, can't you see that in this church? You are the only one that is not married. And you'll be telling yourself, that ah, it's true, it's true. Even when you are seeing another person that is not married, you, you, you are blinded. Prayer brings revelation. Now, there is another level to it. Which is praying in the spirit, praying in tongues. Time will not allow us to do that now, talk about that now. But praying in tongues is another level. By the grace of God, next month, next month, throughout next month, we're going to be dealing with the subject of the Holy Spirit. That's what we're going to be doing throughout next week, next month. Listen to me, listen to me. Paul said something. He says, he that speaketh an unknown tongue, he, down, he speaketh mysteries. When you begin to speak in tongue, there's a language that the devil does not understand. You know what the Bible says in Romans chapter 8 from verse 26? He says, for we do not know how to pray. Eh? But the Spirit of God eh, maketh intercessions on our behalf. Now, this is it. You do not know me as much as my wife knows me. Is that true? So when you want to ask me for something, and you ask my wife, my wife is the one that will tell you that this is how you are going to place it for pastor. This is how you will explain it. Don't tell him about this side, though. Tell him about this side. That's what the Holy Ghost does for us. 
Somebody is here. You are concerned about the fact that you do not have a job. And you are praying about that job. But the Holy Ghost that knows all things, that the Bible says will teach you all things and knows all things and will comfort you in all things, that Holy Ghost knows that the reason you do not have a job is because there is a, there is a curse in place in your family line on people getting these kind of jobs. So when you are there opening your mouth and you are praying in the spirit and in your mind you are telling God, that, Lord, I need a job, the Holy Ghost is interpreting and saying, Father, we need to break that curse that is not allowing him to have a job. That's how it works. We know not what to pray. It says, but the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost, maketh intercession on our behalf. It says, with groanings. We will deal with that next month by the grace of God. Because if you are here and you are not baptized in the Holy Ghost, ah, you are disadvantaged though. I'm being honest with you. You must be able to pray to a level that you begin to speak in tongues and allow the Holy Spirit to take over. That's where, that's where, when I find myself in a fix, after I do some heavy worship, I begin to speak in tongues. That song we always sing. Amen, amen, blessings and glory. They get to a part where we say, we speak in tongues, Satan is confused, deliverance will follow, amen. They do not just say it there because they want to fill in the blanks of the, of the, the lyrics of the song. No, because it is the reality. The, 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 when you speak in tongues, you put the enemies into a, in, into a system of confusion. Speaking in tongues allows certain things to be downloaded into your system. Now, this is what I want to talk about. This, this is how I'm going to explain it to you. If you are there and you are praying, say, my father, I want to thank you for this. I want to pray, father, as I do this, other, yeah. You, you, you will liken it to you praying, trying to download a movie with, uh, and you have only maybe 3.7 3 MB. And you want to download a movie of 3 gig. You see that, that download process? It'll be crawling. It'll be crawling. That's why you will see one big circle will just come on your phone and be like this. One. See, it will just tell you, it will take you to 3% and stay there. After 22 minutes, it's still saying 3%. But when you enter into the frequency of the Holy Ghost, you want to download a 3 gig movie, but you already have 17 terabytes. The movie will rush into that system. Do you understand what I'm talking about? I want to close now. Next month, we are going to deal with, we are going to take our time every Sunday next month. We're going to take our time to dwell on the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, developing a relationship with Him. What does it mean? All of those things that are associated with it. Please make sure you don't miss any of those services. Now, let me close this way. Do you know that demons, demons don't multiply. You don't have like a male demon and a female demon, they will not marry, they will not give birth to baby demon. Baby demon will not grow up to become adult demon. That adult demon will not travel to another demon kingdom. 
not find a wife, not marry, no. Demon is demon, they don't multiply. So that automatically tells you that the armies of the devil are limited. And when something is limited, the next thing that happens is appropriations. They begin to manage it. Eh? So what happens is when something big is about to happen in a place, some breakthrough, from breakthrough or some big testimony is about to take place somewhere, the devil will, he will allocate some demons to one place and they begin to scatter the thing. And you're wondering, ah, ah, because there are some times now in your life, everything is going fine, no problem, Abby. But there are some times it looks like everybody in the world is against you. Something is about to happen. That time that the government, they say, uh, Operation uh, Python Dance. You see every state that they were sending Python Dance. No! They were sending Python Dance. They appropriated the army to a particular location because it was needed there. That's how the devil operates. When challenges are coming as if it's about to strip you off, something good is coming. So the devil is doing his best to destroy it. That's his ministry. Is it every child that was born in Israel that Herod said he should kill? It is when Jesus was born. A king that was greater than the current king was born. And I say, no, every child from two years old, let's be killing them and becoming. Same thing happened with Moses. So when you are facing challenges, you must understand that something is about to happen in your life. And the devil is doing his best to make sure that it does not happen. I'll tell you a story and then we pray. In Luke chapter 8, you read the story of Jesus Christ and his disciples in a storm. They just entered the boat. They wanted to cross the other side. Jesus Christ went to the bottom of the place. He went to go and sleep. And a heavy storm came. The storm was so heavy that the disciples of Jesus began to ask him. They said, Master, care us not that we perish. And Jesus Christ, the Bible says, he stood up. He just spread his hands and said, peace be still. And everywhere was calm. And they began to wonder. Now, after that story, by the time they landed at shore, what happened was that they came to a place called Gadara. And they met that madman that used to cut himself. Immediately they landed in that place. They met the madman of Gadara. That man that used to cut himself with stones. And what happened? His deliverance happened. Now, you will realize that the storm that was sent to the boat was not because the devil wanted to destroy the disciples of Jesus. It wanted to stop the deliverance of the madman of Gadara. When a storm is coming your way, the storm is designed to bring resistance to a breakthrough that is about to happen. That's why you must know how to handle these things. You don't just behave like people that have no hope or have no understanding and begin to run up and say, hey, they're after me again. I don't know what I did. I don't know what I've done. No! You know what to do now. There are ways to handle the battles of life. That's why I pray for somebody here that is ready to shout a careless amen. 
that every battle that is becoming too heavy for you, as you shout that amen right now, that the wind of God will blow them away. In the name of Jesus. Anybody here that has been constantly bombarded by witchcraft powers, that has been constantly bombarded by environmental powers, and they are saying that over their dead body will you rise, or over their dead body will you succeed. I decree as a servant of the Most High God upon the mountain of fire miracle ministries, and I speak into your life that every stone that the devil is throwing over your life, it shall blow away by fire. In the name of Jesus. Madman of Gadara, he had 6,000 demons inside of him. Why? Jesus asked him his name. They, 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 they said, We are a legion. 6,000. Why? If you read the story to the end, you will find out that after the man was healed, after he was delivered, the Bible says he went to 10 cities, Decapolis. He went to 10 cities and began to do the work of evangelism. The devil needed to hold down an evangelist. He deployed 6,000 demons. An evangelist that will go around 10 cities. Listen to me. That challenge that you are going through is simply because there is something big that is coming your way. Don't let anybody make you feel the other way around. No. Something is about to happen. That's why you must handle it well. You must do it well. Don't allow the devil to deceive you, beloved. God has more than enough power, sufficient power, to bring you out of any challenge. Rise to your feet, beloved. You are going to pray. And I want you to pray very, very well. Just a few prayers and then... We close the service. I want you to pray very, very well. Don't allow uh, anything around you to disturb you. Mm -mm. Pray it very well. Close your eyes. Beloved, you have heard the word of God, so I'm sure you know what to do now. Close your eyes. And you will shout the first prayer point at the top of your voice. Make sure you shout it louder than your neighbor. Say battles. Battle. Oh, beloved, I believe you can say it better than that. Battle. At the edge of my breakthroughs. Can I hear you say it loud and clear? Hear the word of the Lord. Scatter in the name of Jesus. Yes, let them scatter, let them scatter. Say it. Yes, let them scatter, let them scatter. Say it, say it. Scatter now, scatter, scatter, scatter. Lambraco zena katia. Rokonde prodo jipra In Jesus' mighty name we pray. 
Grab your head with your hands. Grab your head with your two hands. And pray this next one loud. Pray it louder than the previous one. Say, arrows of affliction. Fired into my head. Beloved, look at me. Look at me. Look at me. This prayer point is important if you have been going through a particular season in your life for a long time. You have been believing God and praying and be having so many issues about a particular thing. This prayer point is for you. Close your eyes. Grab your head with your two hands and make sure you pray it very well. Say, arrows of affliction fired against my head. Your time is up. Backfire. In the name of Jesus. Yes, backfire, 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 backfire. Yes, don't be afraid. Say it well. Say it. Yes, let them backfire. Let them backfire. Say, say, say. Yes, yes, yes. Rainbow Conde Prado Shatalia Reketende Palo Saya. Yes, backfire. Aha, aha. That is it. That is it. That is it. That is it. Libro Conde Paris Sakatia. Rainbow Coli Manash de Lebocotondapia. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Put your hands down. God bless you. Close your eyes. We are going to repeat that prayer we prayed at the beginning. Close your eyes. And I want you to say it with everything that you can gather. This is the last prayer point before we close. Make sure you pray it very well. Say, battles that swallowed my father. Sisters, remember, if you are a sister, you will say battles that swallowed my mother. Say battles that swallowed my mother. You are a liar. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. I pray for you today by the Spirit of the living God. Every battle in your destiny that has put a limitation on your life, every battle that has Put an embargo upon your life that you cannot go beyond this level. 
that you cannot rise beyond this level, that you cannot achieve beyond this level. I speak to you in the name of the God of Daniel Lukoya. Let the sponsors of those battles, let them be wasted by fire. Every limitation in your life, every embargo in your life, as you lift your voice to shout that amen your destiny has been waiting for, let that limitation clear away by fire. Let it clear away by fire. In the name of Jesus. It is written concerning you. Arise and shine. For your light has come. Everything that has been limiting your light from shining. Everything that has been stopping your business or your, your, your craft, your skill that has been stopping your career from becoming global. In the name of the God that we call upon in this mountain, let those things be taken away from your life. This is your season to arise and shine. And whether the devil likes it or not, I decree, you shall rise and shine. You shall rise and shine. You shall rise and shine. A sevenfold amen.